Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, ahead of Round 3 for our TLT Trade-In, Trade-Outs and Review of Round 2. And as always lately, we've got Billy powering along on the line. Billy, hopefully you did a bit better Round 2, mate. I know you were struggling to start off the season a little bit. Yeah, I thought you might have relegated me after Round 1, mate, but a bit of a bounce back. Pretty happy with that, so <laughs> about 50,000 50, spots, so must shows you how bad round one was but yeah good mate how about yourself yeah i was really happy actually i started off pretty pretty bad as well to be honest bad captaincy options and things but round two big loop on uh big sammy burgess meant that i've got pretty much around 1200 so pretty happy with that sammy was a last minute vc option because i was having a look at the dragon middle and it seemed pretty depleted and i thought i'd throw up a hail mary and um Look to work out pretty well by um, being able to loop Simonson later with the captaincy on him if, if Sammy did well. And here we go. Ended up doing a lot better. So I went up about 40,000 spots. So it's pretty good. Yeah, nice one, mate. Let's get stuck straight into a review of round two and see where the points were scored. Dragons versus Rabbitohs was the first one. And the Rabbitohs were pretty comprehensive with a 34-18 victory. This was a really good one for Supercoach, and I already mentioned the top performer was Sam Burgess. Massive 129 points, Billy. Scoring two tries with two line breaks, so there was a hell of a lot of attack in there, and he also had an assist in there as well. But I tell you what, he was looking vintage Burgess, and they were really looking for him really well. Damien Cook found him on a nice uh, under-inside ball to put him over the line, and there was another one where they threw him straight in a gap about 10 out, um, and he just... Looked really destructive, more like he was looking at a couple of years ago. So I reckon we we're pretty on the money with him having a bit of a resurgence from what he did last year, scoring wise. Yeah, yeah, it was was a good pickup, mate. Um, obviously, you know, you, you can get lucky with clutch attack, and there'll be lots of people that's back. And so, you know, pe- selecting people like him yeah. and Lane, you, know, you, you get a bit lucky. But when when a, when a bloke averages sixty seven when he's healthy and he's priced at sixty one, has a soft draw and is you know playing going to be playing eighty minutes available in the front row. Sometimes some people you just got to take a throw up the stumps at, and if you miss, you still get what you pay for. So, yeah, no, he's produced a couple of goods, and he's got that uh, a really soft draw now. Rabbit, rabbits hit their straps this week, so yeah, really excited with um, with his purchase, Mason. You, you did real well with that VC there, buddy. So, bit of a back slap there. Yeah, pretty close to 260 points, so it was a pretty good start for the week. To be honest, I probably should have done better with that, but you know, <laughs> when you have to loop and you end up getting Ravalawa's 12. Um, or 13, it got updated to, it ends up not as good. But one of the outside backs that wasn't Ravalava that did really well was uh, Timmy Lafay, who used to be an old favourite of mine until he stung me. Uh, he scored a massive 116 points, and he looked pretty vintage as well. I mean, to be honest, because I've liked him before, I actually, I actually had a quick look at him. He did look really good, and he is only 419,000. I couldn't really do it to myself, but to be honest, I'll probably watch him for the next two weeks, and if he looks a bit the same... Considering the Dragons are pretty badly beaten, I might have to take a little bit of a bite at around 400k. Yeah, he's one of those guys, though, that um, will have like a one or two massive games per year, like 120 or 130. Like, you know, the old old school days when he was at the Dogs, he'd just go on an absolute tear, and that score would ele- elevate his average. So if you miss that, you're kind of chasing it a little bit. Um, if he's got a huge break even and you think he's going to 
going to repeat that or at least give you um, a bit of a platform into someone else, then by all means, mate. But uh, yeah, I'd be lagging him. Yeah, he's um, he's one of those real up and down ones. But um, aside from that, Jordan Pereira uh, had a massive 84 points, um, but isn't particularly super coach relevant. Damian Cook was the other good news story aside from Sam Burgess, so massive 96 points. Um, some contentious try assists that were in there uh, that a few people were talking about, but uh, I was pretty upset that he got the 96, to be honest, Billy, because um, obviously I didn't start with him. Um, I've had him since day one, so um, I won't be getting him in. I'm going to grab Farrer instead. But, um, yeah, I can see why everyone's trying to scramble for him now. Um, uh, he's got that soft draw. He's always looking dangerous. Even that first game um, where he's you know, only sort of 50-odd and people were saying, um, yeah, Friend was a much better purchase. I mean, Friend's a great purchase. Hodgson was, uh, in hindsight, a good pick too, but just didn't just didn't produce but um yeah he constantly he constantly he constantly looks dangerous so at his price he's always, he's always going to be thereabouts but the fact he's sort of ripping in down mate he's one of those that you got to get yeah he's um he's going to have to come into teams at some point i guess i'm just going to have to hope that he'll go down a little bit but geez he's got a juicy draw and he looks pretty good probably um good just to quickly chat about those tries because i know they were pretty controversial a couple of guys were comparing um, Cam Smith because Cam Smith did a pick-up and pass uh, to big Asafa Solomona um, for a try close to the line and only got a try contribution for it. My take on it was that um, in all of the try assists, I think Cam Murray's was pretty straightforward to be a try assist. In the two Sam Burgess ones, though, Damien Cook actually fakes to go right and then turns the ball under and back inside on a set play to Burgess. Um, so from my from my understanding, whenever it's going to be a set play and it's not just a straight shuffle from dummy half, it's going to be an assist straight to the hooker. Uh, the other one, he actually cuts out the lead man and does a cutout pass to Burgess, which puts him straight into a hole. So if you liken that to any time a half or a 5'8", does exactly the same thing where they'll cut out a centre and hit a winger that puts him into space. That's pretty much exactly what Damien Cook did. So... I was happy enough with those to be try assists because I did see them as different than a pick up and pass. Um, did you see them differently or? No, I yeah, agree hundred percent. I remember um, being half a dozen beers deep and joining the footy and watching that replay to see if it was going to be um, given or taken away on updates. And um, yeah, you're right. There was a small um, jink and sort of turn back the other way. So pretty clear cut one of them the other one I had to sort of look, look, uh, look at again especially with Burgess sort of only just got the ball over the line and sort of got, got it down I was wondering whether they'd give the TS or the the, the line break assist for that but um, yeah either way he's looking damaging mate yeah he, he was looking the goods again um, someone else that did well again was Cam Murray pretty sick of talking about him he looked really good again uh, probably the contentious thing with him though is that he did get a try again uh, and those line bait tries have come up the, the first couple of rounds, uh, and he's not a guy that was normally known for his attacking ability. So, rightly so, a few people have been um, half disappointed with some of the minutes that he's gotten. He got better minutes this time around, um, but only in the 50s in minutes for the first round. If you take the tries out, uh, that's the other thing people are worried about. His um, his scores have basically been the 50s, which isn't quite as good as what it looks at the moment. Um, I'm actually okay with it because I think that he's a pretty likely character. Uh, and even though attack hasn't been something that he's been huge on in the past, he puts himself in good positions. And I think it's pretty clear with Wayne Bennett's attack in this team, um, the forwards are actually getting put into a lot better positions. And we saw that with Sam Burgess. 
So I'm okay with it. Um, I'm pretty happy just to take the tries and the 74 points that he scored. But are you are you worried at all about Cam Murray, the fact that he's been getting those tries and maybe he's going to be scoring some 50s? If he was 670k like Gerbo, it would be. But when you buy him at that price, um, no, not at all, mate. Just even if he only punches 55, 60s, he's giving you more than, than what he was sort of priced at. Or, or at least sort of thereabouts, and has a soft draw. So more than happy to keep a guy that's sort of giving me what I, what, what I paid for. And yeah, if, 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 he, if he punches a try every, every now and then to elevate the average to a 65 or whatever, then then great. And if he doesn't, just you know, hold it, hold him to the side. But if you can hold Murray, Murray to the side until the first buy, you must be doing it right with the rest of your team. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm more than happy to hold him. I think he's going to put up some really good points as a uh, sort of a reserve forward. Um, and he's going to make a lot of money as well. Uh, talking about money, um, the other guy that's an interesting one to talk about was Laurie from the Dragons. He scored a 55. He looked really, really good scoring that 55. He got the start at lock. He ended up not playing massive minutes, but he's just a PPM beast. So he looked really good when he was on the field. They were noticeably worse um, when he went off the field. He ended up getting through a lot of work while he was on there. He only played 55 minutes um, at the starting lot, which is actually really good for him. Um, And he was around about 12 hit-ups and 38 tackles, I believe. So he got through a lot of work. Is he someone that's that's already in your side? Or, you know, how did you see Laurie's game? Uh, No, he was in the the same boat as uh, Leeson Armour when we did the the pre-season pod. Um, If he was going to get 55 minutes... um, Lisa Armour needed to get sort of 60 minutes, 55 to 60 minutes to be worth it. This got, but um, similar for Laurie, but um, like both of them, there was no guarantee they were going to be, they were going to be starting. Um, so that sort of Dragons reshuffle and the fact that he was coming off the bench and then someone was coming back from 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 injury or suspension, whatever you call it, it was just a, a, a no-go. But if you're lucky enough or clever enough to, to pick him up, he's um, he's a put the minutes sort of guy that you want to have in your team. So yeah, starting him, what's for sure? Um, I'm not sure I could buy him right now. Plenty of other things to choose from, mate. Yeah, I, I couldn't either. Um, and to be frank, the I'm pretty impressed with South's attack, and I'm not very impressed with the Dragons' attack at the moment. And I'm not sure about their rotations for their forwards. Um, and speaking of which, we'll finish up on saying. Ravalawa and Host were both cheapy duds at 13 and 24 points, respectively. Um, the Host, in particular, his PPM was terrible for that, and he should have been a hell of a lot better. Probably the only other standout was Cody Walker looked really good again, uh, and he started going on that little run that he normally does. I thought he looked really good, and he scored 72 points, so he's one that's on my watch list after watching him last week as well. Yeah, um, wish he gave more to Burns. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Walker, Walker, Walker might might be um might be a good one to watch for the upcoming draw as well. Yeah, let's move on to the Canberra Melbourne game so we we can get through them quickly. Top scorer in this one was Vunavalu, who almost scored all of Melbourne's points. Twenty two ten, the Storm won, and Vunavalu scored um, his double very early on. He got a try in the seventh minute, and then in the eighteenth minute, and then by the thirtieth minute, he had his hat trick. So 101 points. Um, in true Vooney style, he needed the three tries and a heap of stats to be able to get to his 100 points. So I'm not really looking at him as an option. Um, Dale Finucan, though, rewarded his owners quite a bit with a strong 84. And with the 84 as well, he did have a try and a line break. But what I was impressed with with Finucan, Billy, he had you know 30-something tackles and about 20 hit-ups. 
and he played 65 minutes, which was the key. 65 minutes for Finucane was, was really good to see for Supercoach. Yeah, he doesn't normally get that. Um, I kind of figured he might have been getting sort of 50 with that Melbourne rotation, but 65 minutes is pretty decent, even though he got a try, that's decent minutes. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting when Stimson comes back, but if if Finucane keeps getting 65 minutes, um, hopefully we see Stimson next week. Um, I would think that Fanukin's a pretty strong buy at second row forward, front row forward, dual 430k. Pretty cheap. I think there's a lot of other better options around. It's the only reason I wouldn't be getting him, but uh, 430k is pretty tempting for you know, a middle forward. But it's a shame you just this sort of price and these sort of points aren't a barbell, sort of, you know, round 12, round 13. Yeah, um, I agree. There's a lot of good options. With the Raiders side, we've um, got not very many guys that performed too well. And watching the game, they were pretty frustrated by Melbourne. I actually thought it was a pretty bad game to watch. I thought that Melbourne were in the ruck and holding down quite a bit like they often do. But they got away with it, so full credit to them. But it meant that the Raiders' attack was pretty stunted. Um, and realistically, they got nothing um, attack-wise, aside from a couple of really good plays from guys like Bateman and Croker. So Croker scored 80 points. Um, and he was a guy I was pretty interested in the preseason and couldn't get. Uh, his 80 points included um, uh, two line breaks um, along with his one offload and two tries. So, yeah, he he should have probably had a higher score and turned up, but that's sort of Jared Croker for you. That's pretty horrid for a goal-kicking centre, isn't it? Two oh, tries, kicking bad. goals, and 80, mate. <laughs> the last is... The last is long gone, buddy. <laughs> I guess the only thing that saves him is watching the game. He didn't really do very much, and he still managed to do a couple of special plays. Um, and he managed to get points in a game where there really was no points for the Raiders. So, uh, not bad. Scored, scored more than Rapana. <laughs> scored more than Rapana's return. Bateman had another strong game again. 69 points. Um, and he, he did that with a real strong showing. He um, led the tackle count for... The Canberra Raiders um, also was high up on the runs and he had a try assist in there as well uh, as their only real spark on, a, on trying to find some attack. So he was impressive again, mate, um, and looked looked really sharp out there and, and a little bit special, to be honest. He, he did a few things like an overhead pass that you don't normally see. Does he, uh, when he went to the edge, was he playing um, left side or right? I'm pretty sure that he was on the right. Um, but in saying that, when he did that special overhead loop pass he actually drifted from the right all across the field to the left so I tend to think that he's going to start to just sort of roam a little bit maybe even because he didn't exclusively stick to that side he filled in for Joe Tappany who went down with the broken thumb uh, and that's why he found himself on the edge yeah I wouldn't worry too much about where he's playing at least if he's on the edge you know he's going to be playing 80 minutes or I'd like to think so anyway middle he would he, middle he did play big minutes that first game too but when you when you've got when you normally have two 80 minute edges and you've got 80 minute middle and you don't have a bench hooker, do you really think four forwards are going to rotate? Through, uh, four bench forwards are going to rotate through um, two props. Um, surely his minutes in the middle would have decreased anyway. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Mate, he gets 80 minutes on the edge and more time on the field. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, a couple of guys that didn't look very good. Rapana was 27 points, but I guess we can give him a bit of a pass. Um, Kotrick was 26 points and got absolutely bathed by Vinavalu to start the game and he looked really poor. Um, Tapani obviously went off with an injury for seven points. The one that stands out though is our boy Josh Hodgson who 
I started with, um, and I was pretty happy too. I, I thought that he would have stepped up against the Storm, but only scored 33 points. Yeah, I thought he did more than that. I kind of think he would have been at least sort of 45 to 55 doing nothing. He um, finished off last year really, really well. So, I, mate, it is the Storm, but if the Storm have a lot of ball, you, you think he would have had a lot more tackles, so a little bit more base there. So it is a bit concerning, but I would stick with him. He's probably a lot more a lot bigger fish to pry if you own him. He's not the worst player in the world, but he's, he's going to get some of those scores. Yeah, the main problem with him was he... He missed seven tackles and he also conceded a penalty. And he's going to do that sometimes. Um, so you really do need him to get some attack. And the Raiders didn't have the ball much, like you said. The problem, that, um, just quickly, that probably highlights the difference between um, you know Hodgson and Cook. You know, we talked about this preseason. So there's every chance that someone's going to get clutched and someone won't. But Cook has a bad game, scores 55. This guy has a good, bad game, scores 30-odd. So you can see the difference in the quality and, and what you pay for. Yeah, it's really true, um, and that's what separates the, the, the number one players from the number two, three, four players in a position, the consistency in the low floors. Hodgson definitely has a, a floor that can go in the 30s like we saw this game, so uh, that's that's what happens with him. On the um, Storm side of things, um, Cameron Munster did pretty average. Um, for the money, he probably did the worst in the Storm side. He only scored a 41, and is obviously pretty expensive. I still don't think that I see him as being completely comfortable running the attack and stuff at times. Um, and maybe other guys like a Jerome Hughes or a Brody Croft in this instance get their hand in there instead of him a lot. Um, so, yeah, not a, not a great one for Munster, Billy, and it looks like he might be a little bit up and down. Yeah, we talked about him last week. Um, I, uh, first game, he had three, three try assists. He's not going to do that every week, so... Um, look, if you think he's going to sort of absolutely kill it and get at least two a week um, to maintain that 75 average, then great. But, yeah, I can't go anywhere near him, mate. We talked about this last week and said he was a lay, and I think I know it's only one game. Anyone can bounce back, especially uh, someone of his quality, but I'm not interested in him at all. Yep. Let's move along to the Broncos versus Cowboys. Uh, Broncos were very convincing winners, 29-10. I thought the Cows looked terrible. Major injury from this one was Tom Alolo, who's out six to ten weeks, which is going to be huge for super coaches, but at least you've got a lot of money to play with. Um, but the good news story was the top scorer of this game was Corey Hopes, who is now uh, averaging over a tonne for the first two rounds of the season, Billy. He scored 108 round one. He's backed it up with 97, and in each of those he's got 34 points each in tries because he scored a double in each of them. Go back and have a look at last year. Um, pretty sure there were, I was having a look today I think it was 8 games or 10 games where he scored less than 32 last year even as low as 8 so for a bloke who um, is an absolute maniac of a runner um, serious try scoring threat in a good team plays a lot of dry track sort of Friday night and is a big really sort of fast bloke he's going to score a lot of these 80s 90s 100s and you're going to get really excited but um, he's he's still a winger, and those sort of sub-30 scores really drag him right back. That's why he's a sub-60 average. So if I owned him, I'd probably ride him and see how see how long he can sort of persist with this. And if, but if he got to sort of, you know, 650K, even that he doesn't play that first buy, I'd probably dump him for a forward, get, guarantee the same points going forward, and then pick up a, a buy cover man. I, I don't think he can maintain it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, he's not going to maintain averaging over 100, that's for sure. Um, but I actually think that he's going to be 
Uh, we spoke about this in the pre-season as well, that every year the centre wings fluctuate so much that the top 10 is significantly different than the top 10 the year before, and the top 20 especially. So, yeah, But you look at um, Ferguson. Ferguson absolutely killed it last year, um, and he only averaged 65. So I'm not saying he's going to maintain a 90 or a, or a, or a 100 average. Um, no one's going to do that. Um, it, what I was getting at is it's just a question of when do you think you'll come back to the pack and do you think you'll come back and maintain a 65 or do you think you'll be sub-60? I think you'll come back and be a, a be a sub-60. sub, sub I reckon you'll be 60, so that'll be an interesting one for me and you to monitor together and talk about in the future weeks. Um, mainly because I'll just do a quick stat rundown on what he did. He's, he's hit-ups across the first two rounds. He's averaging 28 points just in hit-ups. And then on top of that, though, he's getting a lot of TBs with them. So he had 18 points in TBs round one and six points in TBs round two. So his TBs, the way he's running and just watching him play, looks like a given that he's going to get, you know, at least a couple of them. So, you know, he does have a floor of maybe mid-30s now based on his TBs, his runs and the odd tackles. Um, If he can keep his errors down, um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty comfortable that he's going to be a 60-plus sort of guy this year. I really like the look of him, to be honest. Someone made an interesting comment the other day that um, end of last year he scored a ridiculous number of tries inside five games or something or other. Um, hold on, yeah. So he scored four tries in his last game, second last game one, third last game he scored three, then it was none, none, one, one, none, one, one. So. He seems to get one every second game, but the end of last year he just started going on on, on a tear more consistently. Um, that was versus Manly Souths and Roosters, so not the worst teams in the comp. Although the last game was um, was versus Manly, so that was expected. But I'm just going to have a quick look at his tackle bus to see if they sort of changed. Not really. It's pretty consistent. If anything, they dropped towards the end of last year. His hitups dropped off as well. So he's got a decent work rate. So yeah, sort of started the year slow last year and dro- and dropped off at the end with with work rate, but it really really picked up his um his tries. So yeah, it, there's no there's no difference from from last year at the moment um, apart from those TVs. So if you think those TVs and and those hit ups are going to um, increase above sort of the 28 mark, then um, yeah, it might be worth the investment. But I'd prefer to watch another week at least. But yeah, I'll watch another week as well. But um. I am, I am liking him quite a bit uh, at the moment. So aside from him, um, there was some other good performers as well for the Broncos. They ended up with 75 points from James Roberts, which was a big improvement from the one point that he ended up throwing up in round one. Uh, but probably the more exciting guy to talk about is Davida Pangai Jr., who started a prop, um, ended up with a really, really big performance. He was absolutely belting guys, uh, running the ball with a lot of vigour and just doing really, really well um, all around the park when he was on. He ended up getting a, a line break um, and also a try for his 70 points, but he's it's one of those ones where um, the points probably don't do his actual real performance justice. Um, he only played 44 minutes because the game was out of reach and they gave him a spell, uh, but he was really destructive. He looks really good. Um, I'm not going to look at trading him in just yet because those minutes look like they're going to keep going up and down and 44 minutes normally isn't going to be enough and he's not going to obviously jag a try and a line break all the time. But, geez, if he could get some consistent minutes up and, and stick to that 50 to 55 range in his minutes, he would be such a good super coach player. Yeah, but um, what happens when um, 
the uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's his name comes back? Lodge comes back. Does he go back to bench or does coach um, and become an impact player or does coach leave him on the start in the prop or does he go to lock or edge? Who who knows what's going to happen with his role? But yeah, um, I, I'd kind of prefer sort of fifty-five minutes, not 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 the forty-five. And like like you said, um, the guy's an absolute beast, but you do have to take that sort of try and line break out, and it's a comes back to a forty score. So. Yeah, as much as I like the guy, I'd kind of stay away from now. I'm more impressed. I'm sorry, I'm just as impressed with that uh, young maniac kid, um, Flagler. He turned it around yeah. and scored pretty much, the, pretty much the same off half the with no try. Yeah, young Flegler got 37 minutes, which was a lot better than his 10 minutes in round one. Um, and he ended up with uh, uh, 20-something tackles and about 16 hit-ups. Uh, but he also had a line break in there as well. Um, and he just had an absolute blinder, didn't he? He looked really good. He had a good game. Oh mate, that line break was sort of Ian Roberts like just a, ter- a towering beast just running straight over the top of someone. It was just pretty to watch. Um I remember reading reading an article uh, a couple of couple of weeks ago before the before the first game. I don't know who it was, whether it was a coach or one one of his players like Sam, um um or, or Sammy Friday or something or other, but they said it's um it's wonderful watching it watching him train and play because he trains exactly the way the way he plays and that's just he's just an absolute freaking maniac. He just goes on to kill, kill, kill. And you could see that when it when he got on the field. He was only there for sort of thirty five minutes but mate, he he just demanded that ball that he just charged straight out that that line and um uh, uh like an old old school Martin Lang mate. <laughs> the old school Martin Lang is a good reference. For the cows, there wasn't really any top performers, to be perfectly honest. Um, everyone was pretty poor, super coach-wise. So let's talk about the guys who didn't really score very well. On the cows side in particular, Tom Malolo got 19 but was injured, so can't take much away from that one. But Michael Morgan really came back down to earth. He had a really good round one score in the 80s, and he backed it up with a 24 where he really didn't look too well, and that was... Um, my concern with him the whole time, he he can get the odd injury that that niggles him for a little while. It looks like he does at the moment. I'm pretty sure it's a shoulder complaint that he's got that he's going to play through. Um, but he can also just have some real dud scores. And there was another one here with this performance. He's a tough one. Um, pre-season, a lot of people picked him up because they thought you know, he's obviously Thurston's away. That's a massive pack. There's a there's a lot of a lot of potential, a lot of opportunity for him, and that, that they proved that in um, round one. Um, unfortunately, that he's injured. I think he's probably sort of better than that. Um, um, I'm, gl- I'm glad he didn't score too well though, because I've got the old SJ Cleary combo going. But um, I wouldn't pull a pin on him. Um, I'll just wait and see how he goes, mate. There's still a decent pack he's behind. It's just a shame that Lolo's got there. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the Broncos side, there's a couple of forwards that had pretty big duds this game. They were Big Joe Offhand Gowie on 45 points and Matt Gillette on 35 points. So with both of them, just having a, a quick gaze at their stats, um, a lot of it was down to, to minutes for Big Joe O. He got 48 minutes again, which, you know, when we're talking about pre-round one, I was keen on getting him in if I thought he was going to play 55 minutes, but I couldn't see where the minutes would come from. And round one, um, when we were doing the review last week, uh, I was saying that, you know, he kind of got lucky because he got that attack right at the end of the game, which, which pushed him into the 60s. Uh, but I'd be way too scared with those minutes in the 40s. And, and here we have it. He's gotten 45 points in his 48 minutes. Just doesn't look like he's going to be very relevant at all um, unless he gets a hell of a lot more minutes. And with Gillette, 
he only got 55 minutes, um, which was a drop-off of 13 minutes from round one. So it was nowhere near enough time for him to get his tackle count up and only finished in the 30s on his tackles. So both those guys had poor minutes and they, they had pretty poor super coach games as a result. Yeah, um, I was an extra five minutes on offer. Um, I think you, so you said you were happy with 55. I, I, wasn't happy, I wasn't happy with him at all unless you were playing lock. 60 minutes, absolute minimum for me with him. I just think he's uh, he just needs that extra five. Um, only a two-game sample, but though, so don't 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 be don't give up on him just yet, um, unless there's too many other opportunities. But yeah, Gillette was a Gillette was a bit of a disappointment for those that owned him, going from those massive minutes and tackling in the middle. But like we said last week, mate, that was with Melbourne having what 75% of the ball early and just getting a crap load of tackles right down the middle. So. Um, yeah, exactly. So the, the, the reverse this week, his minutes have gone down a little bit, and you can, you can see the effect. Hey? Yeah, he only had like seven runs of the ball, so he he didn't do a lot at all. This game's a really good example, I think, of why you why you wait to have a look at guys if you're not sure about them. So this game, we saw Joe O reaffirm that he's just not going to get the minutes because Lodge wasn't even there for this game, and he's back next week. Um, and on the other side of the coin as well, a lot of people were looking at. Matt Gillette straight away after round one because he got 68 minutes and he got a huge amount of tackles, whereas uh, waiting that extra week just to have another free look at him, you know, we can see now he, he's not looking like a great trading target and I'm certainly not looking at him at all after watching this Cowboys game. So it really does pay just to wait that extra week even sometimes just to have another look and just to reaffirm whether you should go there or not. Yeah, true. But for the people that have them, right? We've all got that sort of nine nine mil budget too, and you got, you've got to have someone. So, um, so some you win, some you lose. I mean, people clever enough to get sort of Gillette in the first round would have been cheering. People stupid enough to get Watson in the first round would be not so happy. So swings and roundabouts, <laughs> swings and roundabouts, mate. It's it's fine to be starting with any of those guys. Um, I'm just talking from a trading perspective. I know round one, a lot of people were jumping on Gillette um, and just grabbing him early, and I'm pretty glad that I didn't because I had him on my watch list and. He's now well and truly off it. Um, let's move on to the Sharks and the Gold Coast. This game started off well for the Sharkies and then got really not very pretty very quickly. So they ended up winning 20-6. to six. Titans actually had a couple of tries in a row, both um, really early on in the first five or ten minutes, denied by the video ref. Uh, and the Sharks were pretty lucky with one of them. One of them was Arrow, who went over the line for a try, um, and it got denied. And that sort of shows what type of score he could have had if he got some more attack. He scored 110 points this game against the Sharkies. And his stat line was absolutely unreal. Um, it's probably the best stat line from a forward perspective um, that we've seen all year. Performance-wise, it was amazing. If he got that try, he probably would have come close to 150 points. But he ended up with two line breaks, uh, 28 runs, seven tackle busts, four offloads. 23 tackles, and on top of that as well, even though it's not a super coach stat, he ran for almost 300 metres at 299 metres. He's just such a gun in, in real life and in super coach, and in a well-beaten side here, um, I think that he showed why he's he's pretty much a must-have gun for anyone that doesn't have him. Oh, yeah, 100%, mate. Um I took. I had to take the C off him. I captained him and Martin every game last year, um, and, unless they were injured. Captained him first round, and then decided to go for the money. I, have, I was sitting on I think eight for a 
eight for eight hundred or something or other, and kind of figured everyone's going to go for Teddy. So I uh, thought they'll free throw at the stump, so I chucked it on Teddy and lost a few points. But um, oh well, it's only, it's only sixty only sixty points. But yeah, mate, he's abs- absolute beast. Um, like 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 we said, um, uh, preseason average is seventy two or fifty five minutes, so you're getting more than that. So yeah, one of those guys you just got to get. Yeah, I can't believe the amount of people that don't have him. Yeah, so, I mean, Arrow's minutes were the big thing, and that was the big winner out of this one. He ended up scoring, um, playing for 70 minutes in round two. Uh, that's huge upgrade from 55 minutes in round one. Get him into your team, guys. Um, you don't necessarily have to get him this week. He's not going to go up massive money, but next week I'd definitely be getting him in if you can't afford him this week. Plan ahead. The other guy that went really well in this game was Britton Decora. He scored 92 points for the Sharkies. And he did that with a couple of line breaks and a try, but I thought he looked really good. Um, he was running some really good lines, uh, and he looked like even if he wasn't going to get um, those attacking stats, he's still going to be a solid guy to score 50s. And Billy, I've said this before, um, looking at his performance again this week, I just can't believe that he's not in you know, 100% of super coach teams. He will be this weekend if he's not, you would think so. Um, I think he'll probably be in 100% by the end of the season, but um, I think the way he's going, mate, it'd be, it'd be mad to trade him out. Yeah, he's not even um, looking like a cash cow at the moment. He's looking like he might be a fringe keeper. Um, we'll have to wait and see how it goes because um, I tend to think that he's going to end up sticking in that side. But uh, he had a really good performance this, this round. Um, someone else who did was Matty Moylan with a, top, with a great score of 70 points. Uh, and he did that with a lot of involvement um, in attack. I thought he was involved again a lot like he was in round one. Um, and he had some good touches that got him some try assists as well. Ended up with a couple of offloads in there, some good runs, a couple of line break assists. Attack-wise, he sort of was involved in most of it. The other guy that was involved quite a bit is Andrew Fafida, and I'm a bit interested in your take on his performance, Billy. Um, Fafida's been getting big minutes, mate, and probably more minutes than what we were expecting of him. And this time around, he got 61 minutes rather than 70 minutes in round one. He still managed to, you know, take 17 hit-ups, have a few offloads and get a try assist. I'm, I'm pretty happy with him. Um, you know, 69 was a good score for me, but I know a few other people have quietly said they might be disappointed with his performance this week and, and you know, maybe he's starting slow and stuff. Um, you know, how are you sort of seeing him at the moment? Mate, I don't care how he gets the points, as long as, as, long as he's producing. Um, if he was playing 30 minutes, I'd be concerned and try and probably eject early, but... Man, look, the fact that he's playing 71 and 61 minutes, his, his point per minute's gone right down in regards to um, base. Um, so that's but that's for feeder, mate, and he's on the field. Um, he, he pretty much demands every every second, every second or third hit up. Loves his offload. Yeah, I just don't see any reason not um, not, not not to keep him for sure. I'm not sure I'd be buying him just yet, especially since he's gone from 70 minutes back down to 60. But um, yeah, I, I don't have any issues with owning him at all. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, another guy that um, I was pleased to see do well was Sean Johnson. He scored 59 points, which isn't you know, the biggest score, but he had some nice assists in there, and I thought that he looked a lot more comfortable this game. 
Yeah, sure did. He was on the chopping block, him and Cleary, I'll tell you that. Round one, I think he just seemed to, everyone blamed Dugan, but SJ seemed to throw a lot of, lot of balls behind him. Just wasn't really sort of, I'm not sure about what they went clicking, but just just didn't seem really smooth. They looked, um, he looked a lot more dangerous this time. Like he was getting a lot more at a second receiver ball sort of at, at the back and sort of either attacking the line or try, trying to get one away, one away from the core or, or, or at the back. So... Yeah, a lot more confidence in him sort of um, producing some results. Hopefully not as uh, rollercoaster-like as a couple of years ago, but, um, yeah, I think the old SJ is back, mate. Yeah, I'd be pretty comfortable holding him going forward if you had him. A couple of guys that didn't do as well in this game. Um, K-Paul scored 44 points, which wasn't terrible, um, but it's important to note that he played a big chunk of this game on the wing. That's why his score was probably lower than what you would have expected, so I wouldn't blame him too much for that. Uh, Paul Gallon's pretty much dead as a super coach option. 28 points. Um, he didn't even he didn't even play 30 minutes, Billy. Um, I thought for his this game he actually equaled ET for the most games by a shark. I actually thought that they would have given him a lot of minutes for it because it was a pretty big occasion in the Shire, and um, he did actually get over 30. I made a mistake with that. He, he ended up playing 35 minutes, but. Jeez, he just looks like he's not even going to play half a game these days. I reckon he was just making sure he didn't get injured for this week's game, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been that, but he's well and truly dead for super coach purposes. But congrats, Gal. Equal with ET, that's pretty good. Uh, round three, he's going to eclipse him in games played, so that's pretty nice work. Let's move along to the Newcastle Penrith game. This one wasn't um, a great scoring game. It was only 16-14 in way of the Panthers, but super coach-wise... Aside from Mitch Barnett's 77 points, which was a game high, Kalen Ponger ended up with 62. He got a lot of that on updates, but he was involved in quite a bit. I'm pretty happy with that, Billy. Watching the game, you know, you know he he still isn't hitting his straps. He's still not, um, I guess, getting the tackle breaks that he's used to on some of those runs, and he's definitely not quite comfortable yet. But the fact that he scored 62 points in this performance is pretty encouraging. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be rushing out to buy him, that's for sure, but... Um, if you're owning 61 points for a guy that hasn't clicked yet, didn't really sort of get any any real attacking points or any real assists. Um, Fitzgibbon fell short um, uh, a couple of times. He's still looking for him, and he's kicking goals, mate. I, I wouldn't be worried about him at all. Someone else that you'd hold on to as well um, scored very similar, uh, and for the Panthers was the second-best supercoach scorer, and that was Nathan Cleary. So Cleary obviously had a much better performance in this one at 63 points, and I'm a lot more comfortable with him seeing him another run around um, in, in a 16-point 16, 16 scoring side. That 63 points from a goal-kicking halfback isn't, isn't too bad. I'm still um, sceptical. He did show a lot more promise, but um, once he got that first line break, um, line break, sorry, line break assist, assist out of the way and, and, and chucked a goal over, I was a lot more relaxed, knowing that there was a at least 30 points and an extra 20 he could build on but he just seemed to go missing for a bit like you don't see him at all for sort of 15 minutes and then all of a sudden you know start, uh, there's an injury gets down the other other end of the field and you think all right here we go right right now it's on yeah he's starting to look a lot more dangerous but he, to me he just seemed to look, look a lot more dangerous when he when he switched from left and left to right and just appeared on that right hand side where he's more familiar. I don't, it just doesn't seem to be as dangerous on the left. And Maloney does command a lot of the ball too. So, going to persevere with him. Not not the worst, but um, I'd like to see a bit more out of him. Yeah, um, I'd like to see a bit more out of him as well, but it's an encouraging result. He had a couple of tries this there. Um, and also the 
uh, line break assists as well. So, including goals, he's getting a lot in attack there, but that's kind of what you expect from him. Um, if we see a bit more of that, he'll be he'll be hitting 70s again in no time. David Clemmer was the other bright spot for the Knights. He scored a solid 60. I guess the reason why we'll highlight him is because he played a lot of lot more minutes than what we expected in round one, and he had a huge um, impact on the game. He ended up with a big work rate and playing 63 minutes this round. So 63 is good minutes again for round two. Uh, but this time around, he got no offloads in round one. The good thing that he did was offload the ball three times, which really boosted his score up. Still ended up with you know 20-odd hit-ups, 35 tackles. So he's getting through the work, and he's looking like a serious option after this second week in a row, getting those um, minutes in the 60s. Yeah, I, I still think he's meat and potatoes. That first round for me was an, an anomaly. Um, really, really excited for his first game. Wanted to show the Newcastle crowd he was the real deal. Um, that they've, you know, he's a solid investment. Come out absolutely performed and chucked a couple offloads in there to excite the crowd, mate. Um, I was, let, let me repeat that. I don't think he chucked a couple offloads just to excite the crowd. But, um, <laughs> To really, 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 really make an impact in the game, you know. But the fact that this week he's sort of dropped a little bit and he's gone back to old school meat and potatoes, I reckon he's just going to... I reckon he goes back to just being that, you know, 60-minute guy that, you know, punches out 60, 61 points. So I, I, I disagree. I, I'm not interested in him at all. But um, if you're looking for someone around that price bracket um, that has potential, then it's not the worst, mate. You know you're going to get 60 points off him. Yeah, I'm pretty interested to watch him. I'm not going to buy him yet. The main thing that I was watching this game was how many minutes he got. Um, and he got 63 minutes, so he's not that cheap, though, at 538k. So I'm probably going to wait. But, um, yeah, if you started with him, I think that you've done really well. Some guys that didn't perform quite as well as what we would have hoped for. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon scored 40 points. So I'm going to chat about Lachlan Fitzgibbon for a minute. I thought that he, he looked like he was getting close to hitting another line again that was going to get him through for a line break. He looked like that in round one as well. So I keep hearing people after this game getting disappointed with Fitzgibbon's 40. 40 is not a good result for a second row forward, but I think what people need to understand is um, if you're starting with Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's either going to give you 40s or he's going to give you 70s or 80s. And that's kind of how he gets his 60s average. Um, So obviously the first couple of weeks he's got 40s and that's because he hasn't got any line breaks or tries um, in Law of averages, uh, he's just getting closer each week to hitting that line break and try, and they're still looking for him, and he's still got that opportunity. The The Knights' run between round 3 and 10, I think, is probably the best in the league. I really like their run. I'm, whilst I'm not happy with his 40 or all that super coach performance, watching the games, I don't think that he's any different than what he was last year, and you kind of had to expect this type of proposition. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'd just be nervous with the 40s at the moment because you know he's due now and he, and he has to produce. But um, with that draw, I'd, I'd hold him. Yep. Um, Tim Glasby really bummed this one with 30 points. Yeah, well, he was a real bum. But the worst bum of this particular game as far as super coach relevancy goes was Connor Watson, who really did nothing. Ended up on 17 points. Um, and I know this one really stings you deep, Billy, because you're a big Connor Watson fan. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, massively disappointed in Watson. Um, if there were 10 things that we sort of predicted uh, in the preseason, he was, most of them have sort of worked out apart from apart from a couple, but he was the one I was most excited about. So I'm um, going to pay out some bets early probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
I um I think he's still going to come good, but two things are going to have to change. Number one, um, please don't think this is me sort of blaming the Knights for a stupid for a stupid investment. I think the um the Knights halves don't even know he's there. Like he's constant he's constantly in support play. They just don't they don't even see him. They just keep going out back. Yep. And the um the the forwards. You look at you look at uh, Teddy. He does exactly the same thing as Teddy. He's looming, and every single time a forward makes a hit up, you, you watch you watch the screen closely. He is right there behind him, waiting waiting for the offload. Nice dead set must be the only team in the league that cannot offload because he is there every single time and just not get a single freaking ball. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's like they're under twelves, mate. They just don't even know he's there. So, but also um, I will concede. Um, I thought he would have punched about twenty six to twenty eight points into the base, but he's not even getting hit ups, mate. So he's um, I'm uh, I'm um, uh, cutting my pride here, mate, and I'm selling him because he's with a break even of oh, somewhere between 100 and, and 100 and 200. I, I, I can't do it, so I'm just going to get him and turn him into Farah. Yeah, that's probably a good move. Um, and to look at his stats, you know, this particular game against the Panthers, he only ended up with 16 points in hit ups, um, which is not good at all for a fullback. He needed he needs to have a lot more than that. Um, and he only ended up with four points for tackle breaks as well. Um, so, you know, a couple of tackle breaks and a handful of runs, it's, it's just never going to be enough. And he just he just doesn't seem to be fitting in there. But when you, you know, we talked about Oates' work rate a bit earlier. Oates is pretty much guaranteed to have high 20s in just hit-ups and, and some TBs. Um, whereas Watson, you know, at the moment, he's barely getting the 20. The work rate just isn't there yeah. as a super coach. Yeah, true. Actually, that's a really good point. Um, if you forget the fact that Oates is a winger, um, if you just look at his 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 raw stats, if he's if he's given you know, sort of 20, 26, 20, 20, uh, 24 to twenty eight points in here, that was per game, and pretty much averages a try every sort of second game and a line break every sort of game. Um, probably a better investment than I first sort of mentioned before when I was talking about him. I mentioned he was a lay before, but mate, any, it doesn't matter what position you're playing on the field. Someone's chucking up, you know, almost 30 points in in hit-ups, probably a couple of tackles, and isn't one of the most dangerous teams in the comp. Yeah, he's probably a, a lot more serious option than what we talked about earlier. Yep, and when you compare him to someone like Connor Watson, um, you can really start to see his value as well. Let's. Um... Yeah, 100%. Move on to the Manly versus the Roosters game. One that I was a bit disappointed in because it poured down rain in the second half and we stopped short of putting on a big score. Ended up winning 26-18 to 18, thanks to Manly getting a real late try in like the 76th or 77th minute, um, which flattered the scoreline a little bit. This was a Luke Curie masterclass where he was um, throwing four try assists around for fun. It just looked like he had the ball on a string. My favourite one was when he did a little chip kick over the Manly winger, into Tupo's arms. Tupo ran in, scored an easy try, and that was kind of the night that Kiri had. He finished on 105 super coach points. He looked really, really good, Billy. Yeah, it's a shame he couldn't get any of those to Teddy, hey? <laughs> yeah, he did, but he looked really, really dangerous. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he score 54 or 58 or something in his first week? Uh, yeah, his first week he ended up with a score of 58, so... He's gone 58 and 105 in the first two weeks, so he's actually looking yeah. pretty solid for 460k. Yeah, it just goes to show the value of your halves. You don't, you really don't need to spend sort of 600k on a half um, if you can find the right one. Um, I think a lot of people laid him because not a goal kicking half, and it's kind of a bit detrimental to their scores. But mate, he's um, 
just seems to be getting better and better at the Roosters. Um, probably one of the better buys that um, Roosters have had from the uh, Souths in the last couple of years. <coughs> Crichton. <laughs> yeah, I would probably rate Kiri as number one at the moment. But oh yeah, I'm pretty happy with how Kiri's looking on the field. One of the things that I thought that was going to happen in the preseason was um, Cronk coming into his sort of final years, and, and I think he might even finish up this year. They were always going to concede a little bit of control of the team to Kiri because I know that they want to build up um, him as being like the alpha half in the side. So I did think that he was going to get to command a lot more ball um, and make a lot more plays happen. That seemed to happen this game with Cronk out, obviously, and playing, you know, with you know Lamb coming off the bench and, and um, Latrell Mitchell playing 5-8, who was never going to get a lot of the ball or play calling happening. But I, I think it might be a theme going forward. So I'm definitely watching Luke Kiri. Um, because this might be a career year for him. Um, I think that he could he could really carry on with it. 460k at the moment. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch him in the coming weeks to see if he can keep it up. Yeah, it's a really good point, mate. Um, completely forgot the fact that Cronk, that Cronk was out. So will he command that, that, that amount of ball every week? Probably not, but the way he's going at the moment, mate, um, yeah, he's uh, looking pretty dangerous. Corner got a solid 87 points, which was good to see. Um, he scored a couple of tries for that 87, though, so as has been the case lately. And again, this game, his um, work rate wasn't quite enough. Jared Weir Hargraves is an interesting one, um, and he's one that I want to talk about because this came out of nowhere a little bit. He scored 80 points, and he did most of that in just pure base, Billy. Like, he had a tremendous game. He got 80 minutes on the field. Um, he's only priced at 435k. He was tremendous this game, um, really didn't expect it. He only scored 44 points in round one. In this round two performance against Manly, he had 38 points in tackles alone. Um, along with that, he had 42 points in runs alone, uh, along with um, you know the offload. He's had a really big performance. I'm going to definitely be watching to see if he's going to keep getting big minutes. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that going forward, <laughs> but... Um... Yeah, is there any particular reason why? I mean, was there any injury at all? Is it um, did they have like two edges on the bench? Um, it's quite. That's uh, right. You had the half, didn't you say the half was on the bench? So you had. Yeah, so we had Crichton, a three forward bench. Uh, three forward bench. That's right. Because Crichton started, didn't he? Yeah. All right. So three forward bench and uh, interchange, and and Bradley was hooker, wasn't he? So you probably had someone who was going to switch with him. So realistically, you probably only had a couple of forwards rotating that game. So. Um, I reckon his minutes come right back again. I think they do as well. Um, but the thing that'll be interesting for me is if his um, if his minutes still stay high. So I mean, his minutes would still come down by twenty minutes, and he'll still be getting sixty. I don't know if that'll happen, but if it does, um, he could still be a sixty point scorer for you know not very much investment at four hundred thirty five k. So I'm definitely watching. It probably won't end up paying off enough for a super coach purchase, but it was a really good super coach performance. Um, in a beaten side, Manly had their top three stars all perform really highly. So pretty lucky because I don't think many people thought they would against the Chooks. Um, Daly Cherry Evans, 81 points. Travojevic, 80 points. And Marty Tapao, 73 points. All of them looked a lot better than um, than they did in round one. Um, so in particular, a few stats just to quickly rattle off to you, Billy. Um, Tapao-wise, he ended up playing 55 minutes and he got three offloads there. And he wasn't offloading at all round one. Um, so that was really good to see him getting his offloads back. Ran the ball heap of times as well. Um, Travojevic uh, ended up with 
Um, 41 tackles, 20 hit-ups, and also padded his stats with a try there. So getting a little bit of attack in there, but he still would have ended up finishing um, you know, around 63 points um, without the attack. And DCE um, was running things a lot smoother than what it was round one. Uh, 81 points, pretty good pot option, kicking goals as well. So the real the, the three big stars for Manly really stepped up against the Chooks, mate, for Supercoach. Yeah, it was frustrating watching Gerber go over the line. Just when you think he's going to punch, he's sort of 63, 64, 65, like expected, without turbo. <laughs> he goes and does that. <laughs> Thanks. <It worked. laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think, um, yeah, Tapao really picked up. He um, obviously had that injury first game, which is why his minutes were down. But um, he was on oh, 44 or something after sort of 25 minutes in that first game. And I remember thinking, Jesus Christ, here we go. World of pain for every, anyone I do who doesn't own this bloke. And then... 80 minutes later, he was still pretty much around that sort of 44 mark. So, yeah, if you if you held, if you held on to him, which I think pretty much everyone would have, because he was cleared. Um, yeah, that, with those offloads back, the um, to powers the beast, mate. He will. Um, he's a, a good good one. Just obviously keep between now and now and round 12. I don't know when the good time to pick him up would be, but looking at the draw um, from we discussed last week, I think it was sort of later on. So the rest of us are probably going to have to go without him for a little while. I don't. I don't really want to talk about Cherry. Every time I've bought him in the past, he does nothing. And then when you don't own him, he, he has one game at 150, sucks you back in, and then does nothing again. So I'm taking the fifth on, on him, mate. Don't want to talk about him at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that this game showed us is Cherry Evans and Kiri were both the top point scorers. And sometimes it's the pod halves that come through more so than the more fancied ones. Um, and we saw that this game, super coach wise, they scored right up there. Guys to, to mention of note that didn't perform too well. Angus Crichton was in Jersey 17 but ended up getting 80 minutes. He only scored 49 points. So it was a pretty vanilla um, effort from him. Um, just, you know, had his mid-30s tackles and um, his double-figures hit-ups and that was about it. He didn't do anything else. Um, so Crichton owners would be pretty disappointed that he ended up getting a late inclusion here and getting his 80 minutes and still only scoring. 49 points, um, I would be selling him at the moment. What about yourself after this performance? I'd be selling him too, um, and, uh, unless he started this this week. Cronk uh, was away this week, and Cronk plays right side. He looked hardly involved at all. Look, I, I don't even remember seeing Crichton's name called or even seeing him on the TV, and the bloke scored um, 50. Um, so that's not a bad effort, considering Kiri was dominant, and Kiri plays left side, doesn't he? So if you had a Mitchell or a rookie half and um, and Kiri having um, all the ball, um, it might be conceivable just to, just to write that game off for right side. Yep. No, very good point, mate. Um, a few guys that also looked really subpar. Siren uh, had a really good first up round one score and a lot of people were looking at him. He backed that up with a 31, um, which is just what Siren can do. <laughs> I wasn't particularly interested because I know that he's he can fluctuate quite a bit in performance. He only ended up playing 45 minutes though, so um, it was really the minutes that brought him down. Uh, aside from that, Latrell Mitchell had to play 5-8, only scored 29 points. Um, to sort of, you know, it is a bad score, Billy, but I, I would never purchase Latrell Mitchell if he got it put at 5-8 because he's not a 5-8. It's not good for his game. He's always going to score poorly there, so... It wasn't a great week for him to be thrown there after not having a huge round one. Um, I would be really frustrated if I owned him, and to be honest, I'm, I'm not too sure what I would do. I'd sell him only because 
Um, I don't like his draw. Like he, even though he plays for the Chooks, mate, he just the way he's just getting frustrated on the field and getting angry, mate. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets suspended at the moment. He's carrying on lots of power used to. Yeah, that's a potential always for him. Um, I I think selling him is probably a good call at the moment. 595k. Um, he hasn't set the world on fire the first two rounds. I, I would just say that they are playing power this next week. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sure if I'd sell him or not because of that. But, yeah, we'll if you see. Don't mate, mate, if you don't own him, like, if you've got all those cheapies that are still appreciating, I would just sell him straight for Burns and use the coin to upgrade then someone someone in your second row to a gun or uh, upgrade your hooker to cook. That's some good trades right there. Um, can't disagree with those ones. Teddy was mildly disappointing at 52 points as well, which um, I know you had him as captain, Billy, so you would have been really frustrated watching the game. Yeah, I scored 1,200 with, with Teddy as captain, so that was, and I took it off arrow, so that was really disappointing, but um, not the worst score, mate. Um, uh, it's just frustrating looking at... Look, now you know when you when you when you look at the, the data and you're so sure or something, you, you look at Teddy's scores for the last five years and in the in the first two rounds, every single every single um, year for the last five years, he's pretty much had a ton in the first or second round off, off the back of a bad round, and then all of a sudden he's playing Manly with the worst back line ever in the history of Manly's NRL, and all of a sudden chuck a C on him, and then you sit down and start watching the game, and five minutes in, it starts pelting with rain, you think, oh, <laughs> this isn't going to be good. Yeah, it was um, it was really unfortunate the second half it started bucketing down because it could have been a lot better game for Supercoach purposes and I would say for the crowd as well. But um, look, Teddy started off okay. Um, it's still not a terrible score. He's still going to come good. You've got to hold him. Um, let's move on to the next game, the Bulldogs versus the Eels. Bulldogs started off this one winning, uh, leading 10-0 and got done 36-16 and the Eels just came home in an absolute canter. You would have loved watching this one, I'm sure. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. I was at a, uh, was at a uh, six-year-old, six-year-old birthday party sitting out the back uh, having uh, sausage rolls and fairy bread and all the parents were chatting and I was sitting down behind my phone watching it and I, Keeping it away, keeping it away from the misses, so no one could see. I was watching the footy on the slide, but <laughs> I was uh, I was giggling to myself with my little pale ale fairy bread. Uh, that's the best way to watch the footy, mate. The pale ale and the fairy bread. Um, <laughs> top scorer for the game, we had what deals with the fairies. <laughs> Blake Ferguson, uh, massive game, 119 points, um, and it was a huge 119 points. His work rate was right up yet again, um, like we saw at the Roosters last year, which is a really good sign. Um, but the big thing was he was just so active as well on the attack. So 34 points with for his two tries that he got in that score. Also got a try assist where he made another line break on top of those tries um, and passed off to someone else. Uh, one of his tries was an intercept try as well. He was really looking um, for the ball. Had the hit-up work rate that we were after for him that he had at the Roosters. He had 32 points just in his hit-ups. Um, along with that, he had 20 points um, in line breaks, like I said, but a few tackle breaks in there as well with 14 points in tackle breaks. So he just did it all across the board. And even though you can say he scored a couple of tries and had an assist and um, an intercept and all this stuff, his work rate, um, along with his sort of clutch attack points, yeah, he's he's looking like he might have the same sort of year that he had last year based on the first couple of weeks. Yeah, it's really surprising too. Um, did not did not pick this at all. Um, we picked it last year, 
Uh, that was only because he was, you know, we kind of figured he'd have a, a, a decent base rate and sitting off Cronk. Going to the Eels and sitting off Moses are already priced at the 65. I wouldn't have picked him to uh, maintain this mate at all. But um, he does look really involved. The only thing I will say is, uh, unlike the Chooks, um, the Chooks go right and left. Mate, the Eels, they just go constantly right. It's, it's, it's almost like they, you know, they they know there's a new semi-Rodrata in the team, but he's on the right-hand side. They just keep going right. Sumo does not get any ball at all. So he is getting a lot more opportunity because they're going towards him more. But when you're paying that much for a winger and he's producing, why not? It's, just, it, it's working, so keep doing it. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the, the stat to watch out of this one, but also the first two rounds, is he's averaging 42 points just in his hit-ups and tackle breaks. So it looks like he's going to be a 40 score at the moment, even if he's not getting any attack at all or even any offloads. I will temper it, though. You know, Even though I watched the game and he looked fantastic, I just can't really buy into the Eels or Fergo keeping that up just yet. Um, I'm still waiting to see. So at his price, I think you can wait and see. You don't have to grab him right now. Clint Gutherson had a massive game, 92 points. Um, and he's another one who I just didn't think was going to be able to have many of these games early on. Um, and he scored a real solid 58 points in the first week, um, and now 92 points against the Dogs, where he, he really carved them up quite a bit. He ended up with a double, um, also with a TS as well. I wasn't interested, and I'm still not, but 439k, he's put up some really good points for the first two weeks. He had a, a pretty much a blind of this game as well. Yeah, um, I'm not as interested as I was a couple of years ago, mate. I really want him goal-kicking. Um, I think that extra 10 points is a really good buffer to have. Moses is obviously going all right, so they're not going to take it off him. And he really... Um, Gutherson has really, really been involved the last couple of weeks, and he only just got to, um, what 58 or something last week, and this week it was with the Bulldogs, mate. So he was really involved and had, what, had a couple of tries just in the try himself. Um, he's not going to get that uh, every week. I just think without the goal kicking, he's too much, too much of a risk. At, at, at the price, yeah, great. Um, he might sort of, but yeah, I, I just not don't have the same confidence I did a couple of years ago, mate. Yeah, I don't either, but he was very impressive this game. Um, someone else who keeps being impressive is Sean Lane. Um, 71 points this game. He's uh, scored more points than more fancy players like Angus Crichton and Gerbo at the moment for this season so far in the first two rounds. So that kind of says what type of season he's having at the moment. Whether he can keep it up or not, who knows, but we were pretty big on him in the preseason. Watching the games so far, I'm pretty happy that I've got him. 71 points in round two against the Dogs and 73 in round one. Um, he did get a try this week, but you know he is a guy that was spoken about hitting clutch attack and attack before. So he's looking like a, a pretty good purchase. Would you be looking at getting him in um, this week before he sees a rise? Our, he was more of a buyer last week or round one. I wouldn't get him this week purely, purely because he, he's got the Roosters this week and there are plenty of other options. I do I do like him. I do rate him. Uh, he's, he's a, a, you and I got him into our team because we kind of figured he'd be getting at least kind of minutes. Um, the fact that he's playing, playing 80 is an absolute bonus. Um, doesn't have a massive work rate, but the the, the guys that big that pretty much every time he takes a hit up, it's, you got to add. You can almost add a, a tackle bust as well there, so it's pretty much four points per hit up. So he only has to have half the rate as anyone else, and he's that big. He doesn't need any sort of quality half hanging off him, mate. You just need to give him the ball quite close to the line to stroll straight over. So um, 
does have a low floor. I'll con- I can see that. But the guy, mate, the guy is 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 that big that he's going to get those try assists and and those tries because uh, it's just his sheer size. But it's, it's no um it's no coincidence that he scored you know, the same amount or more tries than sort of Turbo last year and seventy percent five percent of the game time, mate. The guy the guy is just a monster. You can't stop him. Yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't have a massive BE at the moment. He's only got a BE of um, 25, so you can wait a week and just pay a little bit more for him later if you need to. Um, he's he's playing round 12, though, so if you do believe that he's going to keep going, he should still keep getting 80 minutes. He's a decent option. I wouldn't get him now, but if you don't own him, I'd probably wait. I'd, I'd rather get surges now for that run to pay the extra for the proven sort of crop, extra 50k for the proven quality. Yeah, I'd rather so just as well if I'm looking at the two of them. So the other guy that uh, I'm going to mention was Reed Marnie. So Marnie's been talked about the last couple of weeks. In this game against the Dogs, he did play quite well. Um, scored a, a nice 60 points. Um, having said that, he got some attack again. So both weeks, you know, week one he scored a try, which saved him and got him 63 points. Um, this week he had a line break and a try assist, um, which boosted up his points significantly again. He played 68 minutes, um, and in that, you know, he only had a, a few runs um, and mid-30s in tackles. So he would have only scored 40 points um, if he didn't hit that attack, despite the fact he's been scoring quite well uh, for, you know, the price that he's at at the moment, which is um, 374000 I just wouldn't want to be paying that for him uh, when he's probably going to be hitting 40s pretty soon. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. There's nothing really else I can add apart from I love the Eels, but I wouldn't go near him, mate. <laughs> uh, for the Dogs, um, Dylan Napa had a big game, um, which annoyed me because, as everyone knows, I wasn't a big Napa fan to, to buy for Supercoach at 288k. I thought he was a bit too lazy and wasn't going to get the minutes. He ended up getting 52 minutes this game, um, so he got more minutes than what he normally does. Whether he's going to keep seeing those minutes remains to be seen because he didn't get near those minutes in round one. Um, but he had a pretty big game. He had, you know, 19 hit-ups, 20-something tackles, and he had a line break and a try, which doesn't normally happen, and he had an offload, which doesn't normally happen as well. He did look good. Um, he made a really good impact. Um, I don't think that this is a um, Dylan Napa that we're going to see going forward. I think he just had a good game. Do you think that this is a guy that we're going to see in round three, Billy, or he's going to more revert to the guy we saw in round one? Uh, even if he does turn up in round three, mate, I, I wouldn't back him to do to repeat any kind of performance, mate. I'd just stick with him from stop. Yeah, I agree. Just see what just see was. You, you know exactly what he's like, mate. Yeah, uh, I'd be steering clear. Um, and then the Bulldogs have a litany of guys that you just steer clear of. I'm not actually interested in any of them. Hopalati got 43 points after having a good round one um, as their only shining light. Kerry Holland threw out 30 points as the goal kicker in another really inept performance. He didn't really get through much work at all. Um, I feel sorry for talking him up in the preseason as an option because he has really gone through the floor these first couple of weeks. And watching this game against the Eels, he was non-existent. Barely noticed him, really did nothing. I'm selling him for sure. No way you're going to hold him, Billy. You've got to be selling him at 428k, averaging 30 points. Yeah, mate. Um, I had two fails this year, him and Watson. Um, I'm selling both of them. I do think you'll, I do think you'll bounce back. Um, the, the dogs are even worse than what what they were last year, and you've got Martin coming back now. So when Martin comes comes on the field, surely he he's a he's a chance to kick up, take over the goal kicking too, kicking at ninety six percent. So 
um, there's a potential loss there. So, um, yeah, I'm just him, 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 and what him and um, what I would just go on, mate. Um, last game of the round was the Tigers versus the Warriors, 34 to six. The Tigers carved up the Warriors for the Tigers. Robbie Farrow was top score of the Supercoach round, 123 points. He did that with a double with his two tries and line breaks. Um, he had a real turn back the clock performance and a lot of guys are jumping to get him in, including you, Billy. Yep. That's that's only because I already own Cook and already own Burns and I don't have anyone else um, with a massive negative break even or that I really kind of need. Um, the only reason I'm getting Farrow is because um, I want to make up a few a few points and I think he's one of the, one of the ones to do it. With um, Little being sort of four weeks away still and the fact that uh, Reynolds is nowhere near in sight, if Farrow's going to keep punching out those types of performances, I don't see the coach bringing on an interchange player. So the fact that he's got a um, the, the Bulldogs this week, um, the Bulldogs this week, and he's also um, at, at, at Campbelltown, and um, yeah, he's playing minutes in a break even instead of minus forty or something or other. If he um, only scores fifty for the next couple of weeks, he's going to make a hundred grand very quickly. So. I'm just going to take the punt, mate. Um, I know that a lot of people will turn around and say, oh, look, he's a trap. As soon as Reynolds come back, you're going to start getting sort of you know, uh, 50 scores again. But you know what? Um, the way he's playing, mate, I'll take 60 minutes on the park. And if it means I've got to sell him in you know, three or three, and a, three or four rounds from now, then so be it. But at the very least, it'll be a quick sort of 100 to 150K. Yeah, that's fair. And I can't begrudge anyone after watching his performance you know, for getting him in. Um, I'm not going to look at him myself. I've already got Hodgson and um, Friend as my hookers, and I'm not really keen on burning a trade just yet. Um, I sort of do see it as yeah, Reynolds had a blinder on the weekend in reserve grade. Um, Little's still going to be hanging around a little bit as well. Um, I just, uh, I'm just i still sceptical that he's going to be playing 80 minutes for the rest of the season. Um, I guess you only kind of need him for the next 10 rounds to be playing 80, but... Not even, not even the next, not even the next ten. Um, I'm kind of just hoping I can get his points for the for the next couple of weeks, and if Randall shows up, or I'm, I'm kind of hoping I can take an average of 75, 80 points for the next uh, three weeks. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. He, I, I made a mistake with his stats before as well. I said he got a double. He just got the one try and line break, um, but he did get. Uh, have a look at these stats. This is um this is good reading for if you want to sell him to me as a buy. He ended up with 17 points from his try. 36 points from his three try assists, 32 in tackles, four in tackle breaks, um, six in a forced dropout, 10 in one line break, 16 with his two line break assists, and uh, five points in runs. He he absolutely carved up the attack. That was 80% of his points. Yeah, um, take all that attack out, every single clutch, and just read back the, the base stats. 33 tackles and what? Uh, five six, runs. Six, seven, eight Five runs, so you got a you got a base of forty there from you know one, one of the one of the tops of the three hookers of the last sort of you know fifteen twenty fifteen uh, fifteen years or so. Um, he, he's a he's a he's a known runner, so he's going to get that clutch. So even if he's playing sort of sort of sixty minutes at his price, um, mate, I've got you know a whole bunch of forwards in my team that are only sort of playing sixty minutes. I'd be quite happy to have Farrah, a guy that's you know going to get the ball from dummy half all the time and potentially put anyone in a gap or is a known runner anyway. So, and with their draw at the moment, starting with the tight, we're starting with the um, the dogs um, with a, with a massive negative break even. Um, 
the only thing I can say is there's 130,000 people playing this game and you don't get every call right, but sometimes you just got to you know, take take a leap of faith and it pays off great. If it doesn't, then cut your losses and, and take your win and run. So that's what I'm doing here. Yep. Can't begrudge you for doing it. I think he's a good buy. Not without some risk, though. Um, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm just going to stick with what I've got at the moment. Some other guys that went well this game. Another real pod sort of option was Mamolo. Uh, he scored 92 points and... Just quietly, 370k centre wing. He played really well. He scored 66 points the first game, and now he's backed it up with 92 points against the Tigers in a team that only managed six points. Um, his stats as well were pretty nice reading. He scored the Royals' only try. It was the other stats that were really impressive. 12 points in his tackle breaks, um, and his hit-ups were the big one for me. Ended up with 28 points just in hit-ups. Pretty Corey Oates-like, but... You know, 150k cheaper. Um, he's going to get that 32-ish points in his, um, you know, runs and tackle breaks probably because that's the type of guy he is. In the first round, to put it in perspective, he actually had 41 points in runs, another um, four points in tackle breaks. So, you know, he's looking really good. I'm not sure if you've looked at him, Billy, but you know, passing the eye test at the moment, watching these games. I've looked at him, um, a couple of the lads that I talked to sort of picked, um, pointed him out in pre-season saying they were going to take a punt on him at the price. Um, I wasn't really interested, but I can see why they, why they chose that now. Um, I'm going to steer clear only because there's a, there's a couple of others that I want at different sort of price points. But um, yeah, the stats pretty much speak for themselves. He's, um, he's punching sort of... Um, you know, godlike kind of winger sort of hit uh, hit up stats and, and tackle breaks. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they're playing Manly, but it's actually in New Zealand this week. They're playing Manly at Christchurch, and then after that, they're playing the Gold Coast Titans at Mount Smart. So that's a good couple absolutely. of weeks coming up. Yeah, absolutely cracking draw. Um, if you want a pod, he's probably a big one to have. Yeah, and on top of that, he's already um, got a negative break even. So um, he. He's... Him, he, he him and him and Farrell would probably be a bit positive this week, I reckon. Other than that, Roger Tuvazashek kept up his good form with 61 points. Um, another guy that we pinpointed as a pot in the preseason. For the Tigers, um, aside from Farrell, Alex Trial was an interesting one. Um, I initially had him right before lockout for round one and then ended up swapping him out. He had a really good game this one. He scored 63 points. Um, and he did that with a great work rate, which we're used to him having. He got 54 minutes, um, which is what we were after. His 63 points were pure base. Um, he had, um, oh, sorry, aside from a couple of tackle breaks. So, you know, he had a really high base. Um, he's always been a guy that can sort of have the mid-50s base if he's getting 50s minutes. For 400k, I thought he was pretty impressive. Um, he was a little bit disappointing round one, but it looks like he's going to stick to that starting jersey and keep performing. Yeah, mate. So the other couple of guys um, to chat about for the Tigers were Madison and Garner, the two back rowers. Madison got 54 points, uh, which is more where I thought that he would be sitting um, and why I wasn't that interested in him coming into round one. Um, solid, but you know, not that spectacular. Luke Garner, though, 50 points um, when he scored mid-60s in minutes still. Uh, he's only 265k, negative break even. Uh, pretty impressed with him again. He looks like he's probably going to get enough minutes at least for another month to sort of see some good rises and be a stepping stone. Yeah, true, mate. Um, 
kind of a bit of a love triangle at the moment, trying to figure out whether sort of Ghana or Mamala or Flegler might be the better go. But um, he does have um, that good game coming up uh, uh, this week, mate. Definitely an option. Yeah, I, I quite like him. I'm not too sure what to do, whether to get him or to get Mamolo in. Um, probably got the money for either of them in that sort of 270 to 370 bracket. So, have to see. Both of them are impressive this game. Uh, Papa Lili, he um, only scored 26 points and ended up coming off the bench, so he didn't have too much impact this one. Yeah, wasn't happy with that at all. I kind of figured I was really clever starting with her, and then when Papa Lee come back, then got them just pay Papa Lee. But no, the lock plays 28 minutes, and uh, the 400k edge plays 25 minutes. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't um, a great game for the Warriors, to be honest, overall. They... Um, they had actually um, all of their side bar two guys score under 50 points. So 15 of their 17 were under 50. So it wasn't a wasn't a great game for them. Um, Tigers were a fair bit better with um, half their side going 50 plus. So not a great one to finish up on with the um, the roundup of around the grounds. So why don't we go straight across to um, the TLT talk and go through the teams and lineups quickly. In the so the first game of the round is the Broncos versus Dragons. This one we've still got Lodge out, um, but he'll be back next week. So that means that we've still got TPJ starting, which is good. The rest of the side is pretty similar. The Dragons side, mainly the same team that we saw before with Kerr dropping off the bench. And that's about it, um, aside from the big news that Corbin Sims is back. That hasn't changed the forward pack. We've still got Blake Laurie starting 13. Um, so I guess you know, starting off with the Broncos, Billy... Is there anything that you're looking at for this particular game? Um, do you see any big trade-in targets or trade-out targets out of this Broncos side? I just really like Flegler. Um, probably a complete reversal of the discussion last week when um, Seabold played him the 10 minutes off the bench, but apparently that was an anomaly because they screwed up the rotation or something or other um, with the injury. But um, uh, based off the stats that you rolled off before, scoring 65, 65 off sort of you know, 30 odd minutes, but also talking about Mamalo sort of before, really umming and really umming and ahhing as to you know whether whether to buy sort of Flegler or sort of Garner or um, Mamalo. But the thing I like about Flegler, Flegler is that he's absolute rock bottom dollar, and if you absolutely had to play him for one for one week and he got 30 minutes and chucked up a 45, maybe it maybe at 50. The, the extra cash injection for next just possibly offsets by a Ghana or a Mamala. I really don't know. Yeah, it's. I mean, he looked really good. Um, I guess, like looking at this TLT, things look good for him because Fensum's in the 17 again. Um, you know, Fensum and Flegler are probably going to be the main middle guys off the bench, and you expect Flegler to get the most minutes. So it looks good for him now. Um, when Lodge comes back next week, and then obviously potentially Haas in a few weeks. Yeah, do you, are you sure? Are you pretty confident that Flegler's still going to get enough minutes, or you don't really care? Well, I'm only interested interested for the next two weeks. Um, Just so the next two I'm, weeks. I'm, I only want to play him this week, but I think he's, he's if he scores 35 or 40 or something around for the next two weeks, he makes 110 grand. Yep. And he, I reckon he scores more than that. So I'm just looking for the quick 150 kind of, kind of K, and the fact that um. Um, he's actually playing that well based off you know what uh, last week one one game sample. I can't see Haas coming straight in, even though he's on on decent coin. I reckon uh, I reckon they, they uh, give him um, 
uh, one game in a lower grade and, and see what happens. But if anyone's going to get dropped first, it's obviously going to be some offensive. Yeah, and I, I mean, on the flip side as well, the Dragons have got um, Blake Laurie starting at, at lock again, but Corbin Sims in the 17. Are you, do you, are you seeing Laurie retain that spot? Um, do you think Corbin will come in as a late change or do you think that he might get a couple of weeks in the 13 Laurie and then get dropped out? How, how do you sort of see Laurie as a buy for this week? Um, I'd chuck him at the 13, but we all know who coaches that team and mate, he could end up at 5-8. No, yeah, it's um, it's a hard one to pick um, with that one. I'm, I'm probably going to steer clear of Laurie myself, but he's a PPM beast. The, the Dragons towed up the Broncos the last time they played in the semi-finals last year, but Obviously, different sides, and it is at Suncorp, so it could just go the other way, and the Broncos just carve up. Um, based on how the Dragons have been, been playing, actually, um, Corey Oates looks like a decent shot at having another big score this week. If he turns up again three weeks in a row, that's got to be one of the best starts for a winger of all time in Supercoach. Oh, especially the bloke who's captain, Crossner. I didn't realise there was that big of Corey Oates fans out there. All right, well, the only other one that I'll mention here is... Um, there was a few people that started with Gareth Widdop because of his um, great starts of the year. I'd be selling him before this game. Um, he's the he's the one major trade out that I can see there that I just wouldn't be holding on to myself. Oh yeah, agree there. We had that discussion pre-season. Uh, not not uh, not not every number six is a great fullback, and not every every fullback is a great six. But the one thing is tried and tested that actually does work is that every um uh, every fullback that was a Fullback that's a tackle busting machine scores well at fullback. The only difference is, but it was never a tackle busting machine. He's just a a good five eight that's actually gone back to, gone back to fullback that where he was where he was never really a C relevant to start with. So yeah, hundred percent so. Yep. Um, on to the next game, the Raiders versus the Knights. This one's at GIO Stadium, but I mean the Raiders got beaten pretty comfortably there last week, so I don't know how well they'll go. For the Raiders team. They've kept things pretty safe as far as changes go. There isn't many. The main one being the shuffle of John Bateman to uh, Tappany's edge spot. So Bateman will go on to the edge, uh, and then Ryan Sutton surprisingly comes in as the starting lock forward. That's the only change really to the starting um, side. Um, the bench, they've got Hudson Young coming on, onto the bench. Don't know what to make of Bateman's switch. That's probably the main thing for us to talk about there. Do you see his scores being affected much, if at all, playing on the edge rather than 13? Oh, mate, every edge score get, um, drops um, when they go from 13 to edge. It's because they're one out. They don't get as many as many tackles because they're just not in the middle. I reckon he probably gets a couple more runs, though. Um, yep. That may, may be obviously more attacking opportunity. He probably ends up being like a tapany, but no. Maybe a little bit more base because he just seems like a bit more of a worker. Maybe he goes looking for a bit more. But the fact that he's moving to, to an edge just means he sort of gets 80 minutes, guaranteed 80 minutes now, as opposed to somewhere between 50 and 80 in the middle. So maybe it might be a blessing in disguise and you know, he goes over from a pie and scores sort of, you know, 85, 90, who knows. But yeah, I'm, you look in the core, but you might not be any in the might might not be a Nakora, but you still you still an edge a capable at very least available as soon as three quarters. So yeah, I'm just going to leave him there. Happy happy for him to sit there. So I'm a non-owner having a look at this side and um, ended up six k short of being able to do the trade I'd like to do to be able to get Bateman in. Uh, having a look at the numbers and stuff, if he drops down a little bit in his scoring, he's not going to go up too much in the coming weeks. Um, might only be paying an extra thirty to fifty k if you wait. 
do you see him as, you know, you really have to be trading him in for sure? And if so, do you reckon you can wait a week and plan your trade for next week? Or you think that you really need to get him in now? No, I think he can wait. I don't think he's as dangerous. He's nowhere near as dangerous 80 minutes on the edge of the Raiders as opposed to 80 minutes um, at lock in first week where he just scored that stupid, that stupid SC score for a 7-3 quarter just by being on the park. Um, I think you're lucky in that risk has been negated a little bit and at his price, he's not going to increase too much. But if he does, it's not going to be too much to kind of hurt you. So go and make the cash elsewhere. Get get the um, get the massive negative break-even guys in that you really, really need. And then the cash that you kind of save off off, off him and whoever gets introduced this week, um, which is you know, usually in, in, inevitable for you know, a, couple, a couple of super coaches, then go and get him next week. Yeah. That's all fair enough. I have to agree with your assessment there. Um, for the Knights side, um, one of the things to mention is Connor Watson's been named at number one, but he might be a late withdrawal. Um, not too sure yet. He's carrying an injury. Um, other than that, um, the side's the same 13 as we had before. I'm pretty pretty much the main thing for me here is I'm looking forward to Lockie Fitzgibbon running at those Raiders' edges. Um, I saw what the... Storm were able to do against those edges, and they looked pretty susceptible. Uh, and likewise, because of that too, I'm also looking forward to Ponga quite a bit. I think Ponga and Fitzgibbon show might be on this week against the Raiders. As long as he keeps running a Bateman, and Bateman has 800 tackles there, no problem. <laughs> well, my call on this one is uh, I reckon that we're going to get a 70-plus um, a from Ponga, um, and I reckon we're going to get pretty close to the same from Fitzgibbon. Those are the two that I'm backing for this one. I don't reckon that there's any big trade-outs either for, for this uh, Knights team. I think if you've got any of these guys, aside from Watson, um, guys like Fitzy and, um, and Ponga, I'd definitely be holding for this game. Um, who do you reckon is going to win in this one, though, mate? Knights, uh, mate. Uh, next one's got your boys against my boys. Power versus the Roosters. This one's going to be huge. For the Eels, um, they've ended up keeping the same side together. For the Roosters, they've got a couple of big ins with Cooper Cronk coming back in. Um, and Jake Friend coming back in, which shifts Victor Radley to the 13 jersey again. Uh, and Latrell Mitchell can go back to his favourite full, um, sorry, centre spot. Um, the only guy out from that starting side that the Roosters ran in round one is Brett Morris, who's out with his injury for his knee for two weeks, with Ikevalu coming on the wing. Angus Crichton's still in jumper 17, but I guess we'll be watching if he's another late switch in the starting side there. But your Eels have been putting up a pretty good fight. Well, it was a dog fight last week, and we didn't look too pretty early. So, mate, we're playing uh, one hell of a team. Um, the, the, the only thing I can keep coming back to is, mate, the Eels are looking a lot better, but we're playing a team that has Crichton on the bench. One million dollar a year, Crichton on the bench. Don't really see us winning, but the way the guys are going at the moment, it's just a shame that sort of Brown isn't on the field. I think they really would have made it made it a bit more of a game with with um, Brown out there, but um, not conceding at all, mate. The boys are going to put up one hell of a fight the way they've been playing at the moment. Yeah, I um, I'm pretty confident in our boys um, ending the Eels run, and I think we'll put some points on. Um, just quietly, James Tedesco's averaged 120 something points against the Eels um, in his career. If you're looking at numbers and you want to follow them, I know Tedesco should have done well last week, but if it's clear weather on Friday night, um, a C on Tedesco could be the way, especially because a few people will be scared off after the first couple of rounds. Yeah, I've chucked the VC on him after last week. 
Yeah, VC is a safer option. Definitely a good one there. Um, I might consider throwing the C on him, to be honest. Um, aside from that, any big trade-out or trade-ins for this game that you'll be eyeing off? Uh, Mitchell, for one. Um, I I don't see him bouncing back any anytime, anytime quickly. Mate, if they, if they rack up a cricket score, which... What, what, what do you think the likelihood of that actually is? Because if this could go one of two ways. Mitchell could suck again, or he could, you know not score any tries at all, but maybe convert seven or eight and just punch out a sort of staple 60 and put you back on the course. Um, it's one of those 50-50 type calls. I'm, I, I would I would sell him, but I'll tell you what, the, the, the appeal of playing the yields is a bit of a tempting one. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you, um, you almost have to say, you know, would you pay you know, 35 grand out of your salary to get, you know, a potential ton this week? Um, because that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's a bit of a different way to look at it. I've said it to a few guys who have asked questions on training guys in and out, and you know what I mean by that is, you know, if if you say Mitchell's going to drop thirty five grand, then you're going to lose thirty five or forty grand, but he's going to give you ninety points this week. You know, what do you prefer to get? And for me, I'll always say I'll pay the thirty or forty grand for that ninety points in the centre wing because it's just so hard might to come be, by. Might be good to go one step further and have a look at who the who the um, chooks are playing next week because. Be prepared that you know if he, if in the event that the game scores scores forty odd and drops you know, twice as much as you're thinking, do you hold him for next week? He's playing the Broncos next week, but it's at the Sydney Cricket Ground, um, so it's a bit of a mid tier matchup for him. Yeah, um, I'm not making a, uh, a judgment call on this one, but I, I'm just glad I don't own him. That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Uh, one guy that I am looking at as well is um, Daniel Tupo. We didn't talk about before, but He's um, had a good score last round, um, and I reckon that he has a big one against the Eels this week as well. So he's another one on my watch list for this game. Going to be looking forward to it. I reckon the Chooks win by 18-plus, so I reckon we have a good one. You reckon um, Ferguson t- turns up and tries to make a point, as if to say, you guys didn't want to pay my bill to Eels, did shove this up here? I reckon Ferguson will have 20-plus hit-ups. I reckon he'll go ballistic on the work, and he'll try and smash guys. Um, but I also reckon that there's a good chance that the Roosters find him out a little bit because he can be a guy when when he gets overexcited and stuff, he doesn't make the best defensive decisions. Um, and I think that, that'll play right into the Roosters' hands and they'll pick that apart. Um, I can see Teddy sweeping across and just picking out Ferguson's side two or three times. Um, so, I, yeah, I reckon he'll really get stuck in. I reckon he might let in a trial too, though, as well. I see a bit of a clash here. Because he'll be running right at that Mitchell too, so someone's bound to rub someone the wrong way. The, wrong way. Um, the next one on the Saturday slate, we've got the Seagulls versus the Warriors. This one, we've got the big news of Tom Trevojevic being named for Manly to start at one. So that back line instantly looks so much better. Um, it's looked terrible the last couple of weeks. It looks a lot better just by putting Tommy Turbo there. Elliot goes straight out of the side. Um, Garrick gets named for his third match, which is good. Um, the only other change for Manly is that we've got Fanua Blake back. For the Warriors, somehow, Burr has maintained his number 13 jersey, which I just did not see how that was going to happen. So, Isaiah Papa Lee is back in jersey number 17 again this week. I um, I really don't know what to make of this game, Billy. Um, oh, I've got no idea what way it will go, to be honest. Yeah, nor do I. All I keep doing is is looking looking towards um, Kieran, thinking look, he'll be a good option this week. Um, playing out, playing over in uh, in New Zealand, 
to Boric for the first game back. Uh, Manly are still Manly are still pretty ordinary, although they they do have a couple they do have a couple of good ones coming back. I just like the idea of a solid goal kicking Kiwi half. Um, I think the turbos and um, and to power would be keen to sort of turn their season around, especially Marty sort of going home. He, 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 I'm not sure what his stats are like over at NZ, but I'm sure he sort of steps up for the crowd. I'm just uh, a little bit sort of reluctant as to what to do with um, Burr and um, Papali. I'm kind of hoping Papali is a late inclusion, but um, there's no there's no guarantee, and there's also no guarantee as to what minutes Burr will get. Gone from 50 minutes first game to 30 odd second game, so not really sure what to do for that fourth option. You know? Yeah, it makes it really hard. Um, I I don't really know what they're going to do with Burr either because I would have thought that by this week they wouldn't be starting him. Um, but he got pretty decent minutes till last week, so it's it's a bit of a tough one. I'd try and play someone else if I could. Um, the other thing with this game that I'm looking forward to is the Warriors back three. Um, I really think that Roger Tuivasa, Shek, Fusatua and Mamolo are going to go really well. Mamolo and Fusatua look like they might have field days finishing on those edges and uh, Shek will have a big part to play in that as well. So I'm actually you know, pretty on those Warriors back three to have a pretty good game against Manly over at Christchurch. The, um, the only other last thing I'll point out in this game is that we've got Marty Tapao. Um, as a potential trade-in that not many people have been speaking about. he's um, He had a pretty poor round one, um, but he scored 73 round two and had three offloads and a massive work rate, and his minutes were back up. He gets up for the Warriors games. Um, he normally performs really well. Um, you know, He's obviously a New Zealand representative for the national team. Um, he loves going back to New Zealand, and he seems to really step up, so... I reckon that he's going to have a huge game. Um, I think he's a bit of an underrated trading target um, for guys that maybe have Talmalolo. Um, and I, I wouldn't put the C on him because I just don't think he'll have a big enough game. But, you know, it, it's, it wouldn't surprise me either if he busts out a vintage Marty performance and just has a massive one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a bit... As, as good as Marty is, I'm not really a fan of his minutes. I wouldn't trade him in this week, but that's only because I think there's so many better options and because he has that lower score in round one, he doesn't have a break even that's going to kill you so um, fair chance you can sit back and watch and see how he goes but um, mate, not, 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 I, wouldn't, I wouldn't see him not, not, not the worst if you really want if you really want to plug a hole and you had that Tom Lolo, um problem to have and you've already got you know half a dozen other, other forwards that, that you're pretty keen on but um, yeah I'd, I'd be focusing on sort of the, um, the Burns sort of cook type route or if, if you need sort of a cheapy gun or more Milo route yep uh, fair call. We'll all be on uh, Trevojevic watch as well for, for Tommy to have a good return and maybe try and get him in soon. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. The um, next game on Super Saturday is going to be North Queensland Cowboys versus Cronulla Sharks. It's up there in Townsville. A few big changes here. The first one's been for the Cowboys. We've got um, Martin going back to the fullback spot, um, which pushes Jordan Kahu to centre. So... His crappy super coach season just gets crappier going back to centre, I think. I don't think he's anywhere near as good there. So um, that's bad news for super coaches. Jake Clifford takes the number six jersey off Martin with his switch to fullback. Um, so that back line's been completely revamped. Ben Hampton goes into the number four jersey. It's a completely different back line for the Cows, which is going to be interesting. Um, Gavin Cooper comes into the starting side, basically, for Tom Malolo. So a lot of changes for the cows, Billy. Um, I don't really like the look of them. Um, 
having said that, guys like Hampton probably should have been there from the start. Um, and I think once their spine gels, Clifford at six and, and Martin at one um, are probably better options for them. But super coach wise, no Tom Malolo. I really don't see much interest here at all. And I think that Michael Morgan's going to struggle against the Sharkies. Yeah, this probably isn't really the best thing for Supercoach this year. The, one of the very few things that was making it interesting was were was the people who own Lolo and the, and the ones who didn't, um, for fear of you know him sort of going edge versus not edge or or, or dropping in value in the middle or not or not. Um, the fact that he's the fact that he's gone down now um, and uh, Reese Martin sort of wasn't playing the the call the um, the availability of quality sort of. Uh, uh, has kind of diminished a little bit, so everyone's kind of gone gone a bit. Most teams are sort of a bit more vanilla now, so um, shame he's out. But like, like you said, probably just more of a sort of a watch and gel, see how they go, and uh, hopefully hope Lolo comes back uh, in in, in um, fighting fit before uh, before the buys, mate. In about sort of four or five six weeks. Yeah, hopefully being before the buys. Um, Tomo got dropped out of this one, so Obsec is a. Um Definite sell candidate for anyone that owns him. You should be getting him straight out. Other than that, let's get on to the Sharky side. So with the Sharks there, unchanged. Um, Moylan's apparently got some knee issues, but he's still been named and apparently starting. Nakora and Capewell both got their starting back row jerseys there. Nakora's going to make um, some of the most money out of any player after this round. So I know we spoke about it before that he should be in every side. He's not in every side. Um, if you don't have Britton Nakora, he should be the first guy you trade in this week. Yeah, if you don't own him, you don't, you're pretty much going to be going two of the rock-bottom cheapies that have the massive break-even, so just get him. Yep. Um, I reckon that there'll be some good attack from the Sharks, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to win comfortably. Um, I like the look of uh, Moylan and Sean Johnson to get some good attack. Um, and just quietly, guys like Andrew Fafita normally step up against the big forward packs like this, and he doesn't have Tom Malolo to contend with. So I, I could see him having a big one as well. I'm pretty excited for the guys that I've got from this Sharky side, and I reckon that they're going to really step up for this game and win pretty comfortably. Yeah, um, Tom Malolo out makes things a little bit more um, easier on the eye. I really hope that the SJ steps up, but... Um... Yeah, look, as, as good as the um, as good as the um, cows pack is, I don't think their outside backs are anywhere anywhere near the quality of a lot of other teams. So, kind of hoping the um, the sharks get over the top of them, and there's a few SC points in this game being racked up, mate. This next game to finish off the Saturday night games, we've got the Panthers versus Storm. We've got Mansell back for the Panthers, which is good. Uh, but the other thing as well is that we've got Isaiah Yo out of the team after multiple concussions. He's replacing the starting side from by Frank Winterstein. Um, so the probably the biggest concern looking at this side for me, Billy, is um, the once fearsome forward pack of the Panthers really doesn't look that great. They don't look too good for this week. I'm a little bit worried about guys like um, uh, Nathan Cleary, who I do have, that I'm going to probably play. Yeah, same. Um, he, he, he did look a lot better last week, like we talked about it before, but uh, this don't seem the same thing without um, kick out. But um, I hope uh, Clary bounces back, mate. He is looking better, but I really hope he starts producing a bit more. As for the rest of the team, not really interested in, uh, in any of them at all, mate. No, I'm not either. And I would have sold Josh Mansell last week, and I'd be selling Dylan Edwards as well if I owned either of those guys. The Storm are completely unchanged. Probably the big takeaways from them... Other than that, to be honest, I'm not really that interested in trading any of these guys in. Um, but if I owned you know, any of the top-owned guys like a Hughes, 
um, or a Cameron Smith, I wouldn't be trading in the out either. Probably the only one to mention as a trade-out candidate is I am seeing some people talk about Josh Adokar. I would have traded Josh Adokar out before, and I never would have started with him. So um, I definitely see him as a trade-out, and I'm also not going to fall into the Vooney trap that I've fallen into before. That's a honeypot that's very easy to go to go over to Billy after he scores 100, but he's just as like he scores 16 this week. Yep, put the Vooney back in the box. He's <laughs> one... Um, um, Vooney will be a target sort of um, just when they get a really soft draw um, for that sort of uh, around around seventeen or so, around around eighteen by guys like Hughes and Croft and Vooney probably sort of some half decent targets for um, middle of the season. Agreed. Um, Tigers versus Bulldogs is the first Sunday game at Campbelltown Stadium. Big news for the Tigers is Momorowski got dropped last week. He's still out of the seventeen. Um, we said it was going to be him or Fanua when we were talking about it. Um, I said before the round one pod, and you agreed that Momorowski wasn't the best option because he could be out of the side in a couple of weeks. That ended up coming true. Um, they kept Fanua on the wing, put Jennings in at centre, and got rid of Momorowski. Um, aside from that, there is still a four-forward bench, which is great for Robbie Farrer, guarantees him his 80 minutes still. Um, and Alex Twelves retained his starting spot along with Luke Garner in the forward pack. So that's the big news for the Tigers. Um, Garner, Twelve, and Farah all look like decent trading targets. Yeah, I don't see the appeal as much for Twelve, though, purely because he doesn't have a massive uh, break-even. There's four forwards on the bench. He's one. I reckon he's one of those guys that uh, was a really clever purchase at the beginning of the season, and if he's playing 55 minutes, then reap the rewards, but I wouldn't be getting him in just week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Luke Garner's a, an interesting one because um, I've gone back and forth on him. We spoke about him a little bit before, but um, the other thing that we didn't talk about was he's going to be lining up against a Bulldogs edge that's quite different and um, has hemorrhaged a few points. I'm probably leaning towards picking him over Mamolo to trade in. But what if he doesn't go over the line? But then I'll take his fifty with his minus break even and you know the fifty grand that he'll make this week and um, and and hope that he makes the rest really quickly for me to trade him out and. Getting on to someone yeah, true. else. Yeah, true. Um, the dogs, though, have made wholesale changes, which, you know, I kind of think that Dean Pay needed to do, but I wouldn't have made the changes that he did. So I guess it was halfway there. We've got Meany at fullback. Um, Oakenbore named for his debut match on the wing. Hopper moves to centre to accommodate Meany, uh, and that means that Crichton and Montoya are both dropped from that back line. Other than that, we've also got CHN starting because he's dropped RFM out of the 17 altogether, which I see as a massive error, and Reese Martin on the bench. So your boy Reese Martin's back, mate. Yeah, not sure how happy I am about that one. I um, think I would have preferred him sort of um, playing 80 straight off the bat and kick, so it keeps his price up, but no guarantee if he's, going to be, if he's going to be kicking like he should be, but no guarantee, and there's also no guarantee he's going to be playing lock and no guarantee he's going to be playing 80 if he is playing lock. So it might be best if he does lose a little bit of coin first just for that security. It still remains around to the 500k mark, so not everyone can just jump on at rock bottom dollar. 100%. He'll end up pretty cheap, so pretty good. Um, the other guy that I'm definitely trading out is Kerrod Holland. I think he's a definite trade-out. Um, other than that, the trade-ins, um, CHN I'm going to be watching for a couple of weeks. I know that you're not a big fan, but if he manages to play 80 minutes on an edge and he can be a 400k centre wing that also plays around 12, I reckon I'm going to give him two weeks to see his job security and then maybe by his third game I might consider getting him in. 
Yeah, 100%. But, um, it's not just his job security, but he would want to show a lot more um, a lot more base and a lot more involvement for me. Where, given the kind of where we are and the fact that pretty much a lot, a lot of teams are almost full strength right now, he'd want to be punching sort of around 50, 55 at least uh, with ease in order to get him... In order to bring him in, sort of in two or three weeks for that seven three quarter position, otherwise he may as well just be in a, a quick purchase round twelve. Yeah, a couple of things that I like about him just really quickly. His his sample size is obviously only two games at the moment for this year, but his PPM has been at point nine three, which is the highest that it's ever been, and that translates pretty well. Um, so how do you see this game going, mate? You reckon the dogs are going to step up, or they're going to get pounded again by the Tigers? At the Eels flog them, I reckon Tigers t- t- Tigers generally should do the first four or five games before they collapse, so it is at Campbelltown. I know Campbelltown isn't exactly like up, but it's still their home ground, so um, I reckon it's sort of low-scoring first half, as usual, and the Tigers kind of explode a little bit when the, when the, the uh, doggies forwards tire a little. Yeah, I reckon the Tigers will be sort of 12 to 20-point winners in this one. Um, don't send the dogs getting their first win yet. Final game of the round is the Rabbitohs versus the Gold Coast Titans, and I am salivating for this one. So, with the Rabbitohs, um, quite a few things to talk about team-wise, um, but they don't really have any changes to their side other than Liam Knight getting suspended this evening, so someone else is going to come in for him. Um, and Corey Allen's 18th man, apparently covering for GI, who might be pulling out with um, niggling injuries. I'm seeing Braden Burns as a must-have trade-in. Um, and probably the number one trading target, along if you don't have Nakora. He's been really good, and at 270k, um, surely everyone should be scrambling to throw him into the centre wing for this week against the Titans. Yeah, mate, 100%. We talked about him last week. I think a few people grabbed him last week um, based on the numbers already. Um, I grabbed him last week, but if you don't already, Nakora would be your, your first port of call for all the newbies, but pretty much everyone's got Nakora already, so I I reckon Burns would be pretty much probably the highest rate in person, person this week for sure. And looking at this south side as well, it's a pity that they play last and not first because if they're early on, Damien Cook and Burgess would be nice VC options to be a bit safe. But I guess if you're pretty confident there, they could be pretty decent C options as well. I wouldn't put it past Sammy Burgess getting another try this week. But if you're going to go Sergis, uh, put him... Just be prepared for maybe a 55 floor if he, if he doesn't if he doesn't go over. Um, Cook Connor has a 55 floor if he doesn't really do anything. So Cook's probably the safer the safer option. Surge if he goes over the line is probably going to score more than Cook, but so there's more upside there. Yeah, there's plenty of good options in this team, mate. Um, Cook Cook and Cook and Surge. Uh, Teddy's probably a good one too, but probably probably more of a VC. And you still got Arrow in this game too. He, he scored massively in it last week, so I might even be tempted just to go him still too, but I'd, I'd be concerned of uh, someone like uh, Sergis doing a 130 again and falling behind, but at least with Arrow, you, you know you know if he's going to get 60 minutes, he'll be all over him. Yeah, um, I mean, looking at the Titans side, they're unchanged from last week, so they still don't have their um, first-choice halves there. Um, so I think that the Sharks took their foot off the pedal last week and really squandered what should have been a 30-plus point win. I don't think the Rabbits are going to do that um, at ANZ Stadium away from the Gold Coast um, against the Rabbits. I really think the Titans are going to struggle. So I'm not putting the C on Arrow, um, only because oh, if it's a bit of a flogging, I could see him only getting that 55 minutes again. That's why I didn't see him last week. I was concerned that um, 
opposition would run away with it and he'd sort of come off at the last 10 again, but he just stayed on and just absolutely gave it everything. But rabbits are a different kettle of fish. I might, uh, might just sort of compromise here and just go the um, Burgess or, um, or Cook option because w- w- worst case scenario, you know they're going to score well anyway. Yeah, there's some really good options this week. I think it's headlined by um, sort of Cook, Sergis and um, also Teddy based on a combination of form, opposition and um, career scoring. They're probably the three that I'm going to be looking at. Um, obviously, no good news for the Titans. I don't think Billy. Um, I, I saw a few people owning Tyrone Peachy and Ryan James. I wouldn't be excited about those guys. I think Jai Arrow is the only guy that's the talking point for this Titans team. Probably the final thing yeah. to talk about is people were talking about trading him in, whether they have to trade him in. Um, and my answer to those guys has been, you've got to get Jai Arrow because, to me, he's the number one forward in the game. You don't necessarily have to get him this week because he only had the 55 minutes round one. Um, even though he's turned up last last week, he's not going to go up too much. So you could probably write, wait on a Jai Arrow and um, get someone like Burgess in first because Burgess is scheduled to go up a lot more than what Arrow is. Is that sort of how you see it? Or you just bite the bullet and get the best player in now? Well, only, only um, I agree with you. Only because um, yeah, Sergis is coming off that massive score and he's got uh, such a decent price that you need to get him in. But um, I would get Arrow as soon as possible. Um, he will be the highest—not just the best forward. He should be the, the highest, the highest scoring player, SC player for, for the year by a mile. Well, not by a mile, but um, pretty easily. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon you're right. I reckon we've seen a change in the guard, and um, and we're going to get a seventy-something average out of Arrow, and it's going to be back to the Supercoach God days of the Corey Parkers and Paul Gallons. So um, let's see how that pans out. But I agree with you. Uh, other than that, Billy, looks like that's it for the round. Good luck for the um, round three captain's choices. I reckon that we're both going to have a big one this week. I can see a lot of super coach points in these games. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, mate. It's nice to have a team that's sort of keeping up for a change and is uh, not not so much vanilla, but enough to keep enough to keep tabs with anyone that might sort of, sort of squeak away. All right, well, you enjoy these next few days while the Eels are undefeated until the Roosters flog them this week, all right, mate? Go to hell. <laughs> thanks Billy alright guys thanks for tuning in again you can download us on SoundCloud and iTunes um, do follow us on Twitter NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars uh, share us around as well the support's really appreciated it's been fantastic lots of downloads lots of listens lots of questions love it all uh, until then though good luck for round 3 remember we're going to get price changes next week so it's going to be a big round uh, make sure you're having a look at the break evens and that you're planning ahead good luck everyone